this morning I was sitting through a design review meeting with, we have a interior design consultant, our client, us, and we've been presenting, uh, you know, just the evolution of different areas throughout the course of this project and everything else. And, you know, we've, we've gotten to a point where, you know, we've presented them to their board, you know, presented them to the end user, presented them to several different people. And I just sat there and I was listening today. And today was, today was just a listening session about like, you know, here's where we are. And then just any concerns that the, the client themselves had. And so I'm just listening and I'm listening to the words that people are using to describe the design. And it wasn't about the, you know, they were, they were talking about things like, and we really want to make this place beautiful and we want to do this and we want to do that. And they were talking in very kind of like colorful, flowery kind of terms to describe the, the design. But none of that actually like quantified exactly what we're doing. I, I, I made this conscious decision to make, listen to the way other people use, uh, pardon the pun, Arca speak. When they're talking about design, we have this uh, thing at ASG um, every month where we basically, you know, go behind the design. And so we have this. Uh, it's like an HGTV show. Yeah, kind of. I mean, in, in you know, in, in somebody, you know, presents the design and then the process and everything else and the interactions and stuff. And I started listening to that in kind of the same thing. We we're talking, you know, very, very general in the way in, in, in here's to a room of architects. And in fact, even the meeting earlier was in a room of designers, architects, a couple of engineers, but I mean, they were all people who have lived the profession just like this one, you know, the, the later behind the design was living the profession. And it's almost like, you know, we, we've lost touch of being able to, in a professional setting, where we're just, I guess, amongst our own kind, be able to stop talking like we're talking to a client, where we're almost very consciously, maybe consciously kind of like rewording the way that we explain things so that it, so it's understandable and obvious. And so we talk more in generalities when we're talking to a client than when we talk very specific, like say we're in a, um, a coordination meeting or things like that. But I started listening and, and I don't know if it's a, you know, this, this issue or, or problem that came about when we, you know, switched to like this you know online world or whatever, but it was, it was very interesting to listen to the words that we were using and we we've switched to speaking in generalities. And I just, I don't know if it's, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what happened, but it's just, do you feel like it's dumbed down too dumbed down or what are you saying? In a way? Yeah. Like okay. I'm literally listening to these conversations thinking to myself, there's nothing of substance here. There was nothing of substance, nothing whatsoever. When we were talking about, we were specifically talking about, um, you know, colors of carpet and some kind of some, a, a few little FF and E things early on in the earlier meeting that I was talking about. And it was more talking about 
making things beautiful, making things warm and welcoming and touchy feely. And it was like, but, but, but we're all designers. What we're really, I mean, and we're working towards a, a, a package right now that is biddable. And, and I'm just like, how is this helping advance the conversation to get to this deliverable that we can then put in front of contractors so that they understand? Are they going to understand, oh, well, we want this to be beautiful? Or are they going to say, I want this to be a Herman Miller, blah, 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 that something that they can really look at and quantify exactly what it is that we're trying to achieve. It has to be all of that, right? Because this is this is the thing as a as a presenter that you have to be able to negotiate, which is the vocabulary of everybody in the room and what is the right mix, right, to hit everybody in the room where they are. So, if there's leadership in the room, there's a certain vocabulary. If there's designers in the room, it's a certain vocabulary, right? Design professionals, I think, all fall within the design category, right? But so if you, if you throw interior design and engineers and you know the design team from the architecture side all in the same room like there is a level that that conversation can operate at which would be different if there was a, a client in the room right but it's up to the person doing the presenting to figure that out and and use the appropriate vocabulary to get to the point of what needs to be told because if you're trying to explain it like they're five like you do sometimes with the with with a client in the room Okay. Everybody knows why that's happening. Right. But in, in the professional context of quantification, specification, uh, constructability, all of these things, liability, there is a different vocabulary happening in that presentation. Most, most of the time. So because of the position that I have on the project and the, you know, kind of like the role that I have within the company, I've, you know, I, I clearly have to straddle both of those worlds. I have to straddle the, the world where, you know, we've got the interface with the client and the interface with the engineers. And, and you're absolutely right. There are those conversations that we have with engineers. And even when we have engineers from the client side of things, because this is a very big project, very big. This is a small project in, in a very large project. And so they've got their their own team of architects, engineers, and everything else. And so when we're talking about and coordinating with that, we go through, you know, a very technical, as, as my wife who's heard and, you know, been sitting in the background when she's listening to this and she's like looking at me like, I don't know what any of you guys said. They were words of English, but they were arranged in a way that no one could understand them except for you people. Yeah, um, right. Right. But that's, that's true for any profession, right? Right. But, but I mean, it's, but, but I, I guess I was just a little, I was noticing the way that we were talking in the actual, like, you know, amongst designers and wondering why we were speaking in such generalities, why mm-hmm. we were speaking, I guess, dumbed it, down. Um, it, it was, it was dumbed down to a point where like, to me at this stage of the project, we weren't really going to get anywhere. We weren't, we weren't going to get to the places that we needed to get to. But what's worse in, in this particular case is when we did start to, because I was you know, kind of frantically chatting in the background with other people who were on the call. And so I even said, hey, they're really hyper-focused on some of this 
you know, some of the, the finishes and the colors of things where we're really needing to talk about the actual, you know, the, the interior design. And they're really talking about interior decorating. And we've got to get to a point, we've got to get these decisions made so that we can get that document. So we can get those. So is that said, is this an issue of the people doing the presentation don't know that information so they can't convey it? Or is it that they don't have enough practice speaking in front of groups like this? Normally they're just talking to themselves in their own little silo. Like there's got to be some insight that you have into that. Well, so, so it's interesting. This particular case, every single one of these people are senior level designers, architects, engineers. So they all know they, they should They've know. got the qualifications to be in the room. They, they all, all of them have the qualifications to be in the room and to be in the conversation and to really kind of, but even it was, it was really the, the client who was somewhat driving the dumbing down of the conversation about really focusing on things when we kept trying to bring it home to specific, not, not generalities, but very specific things. And they kept kind of like, well, we'll talk about that later. And you're, you're somewhat thinking, well, when is later coming? Because these conversations need to happen in, in all of our presentations of late have been more focused on generalities. Well, because yeah, you've got to be able to make decisions, right? And that's why these meetings happen is so that everybody gets on board or not, right? Like this is, this is, we know we're going the right direction or we know we're going the wrong direction. Which one is it? And, and, and all of that, you do have to be able to get as specific as you can, right? In those moments so that everybody understands where things are and where they need to go. And you cannot do that with generalities except for at the earliest stages. And I think in a way, I may have gotten to a point in my career or it, I, I know it's definitely in this, the stage of this particular project, but in a way it somewhat seems like it's in my career most recently where I am less inclined to talk in generalities and wanting to be more specific because I, it, it's, I don't have the time is money mentality. I have the time is you know, time is of the essence in projects where you have the time is running out mentality. <laughs> there you go. That is, that is a, that is an easier way to, explain. we don't have enough time for you to talk like this. Like we need to decide. Well, it goes back to this, the kind of like the management of schedules. And we've talked um, in the past about how architects, you know, sometimes take projects or, you know, work on projects that have a compressed schedule most likely are going to have a small budget or a small team to maintain you know, inadequate budget, in, inadequate team, inadequate schedule. What, exactly. what could go wrong? And, and so in, in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> come on, come on. Got to get it going. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. Nope. Let's not talk about that. Don't. You know how you so, work the last week? Let's work like that the whole time and we might just make it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's the shiny red ball. What? Yeah. What? Scroll. Yes. You know, it's just like, come on, let's, let's focus. And, and so I was, and I guess the, it just, for some reason, as I was sitting back and I was just focused in on, I wasn't even focused somewhat on the content of the words. Cause I know that there was no, this is going to sound awfully harsh. But there was really no content to some of the yeah. words. It wasn't substantial content. It, yeah. it was just 
what they were actually saying and then the interaction between everyone and it was just like man i'm it's like hurting cats exactly yeah, it's like at that point so yeah i mean can you okay so i've definitely felt like this lately as well and i feel like it because i'm dealing with realtors and i don't know if all realtors are like this i'm sure they're not all like this but the ones that i'm dealing with are and it's very slow and hmm what do you think ooh um well and it's like get to the point exactly exactly what is the point we need to make a decision and i don't want to think a little you know maybe if we take a couple more days and we and it's like no come on like but yeah time is running out that's how i feel like that too and so it this totally connects with where i'm at in that part of my life as well because it's like let's make some decisions and move forward and we don't have to have it all figured out but we do need to move forward i'm going to just explain this 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 is it's kind of weird so we take everybody who's on the call and kind of writes down like, you know, key things and stuff that they hear out of it. And then we compile our meeting minutes, but we also record our meeting minutes or our meetings so that, you know, we can go back and kind of coordinate, you know, what's been said, you know, directions that have been given and stuff like that. Catch what you missed. Catch what <laughs> you missed. And yeah. You want to talk about frustrating is when you go back and you talk about these, you know, when you go back and you listen to all of these and you're just like, it is double pain because Mind not, not yeah. only did I sit through the meeting that it was, it was somewhat painful, but now I'm listening to it again and I'm still not getting any of the information that I need. Yeah. You were like, maybe I just wasn't in the right mental place. Oh, it turns out like there is actually nothing here. Exactly. And, and, and the, the, here's the beauty. At least you can listen to that redo the recording at like one and a half speed. <laughs> yeah. I've got to find that because it's the team's recordings and I'm sure it's there. And then, yeah, I've got to find that one because yeah, I'm going to need to go like uh double and at least double speed. Not even, not one and a half times. I got to go double because there's just this whole gap. of There's, things. there's so much gap. Oh, I, I, I feel you, man. That that's rough. So, so what is you, you mentioned maybe the cause of this is just kind of the full digitization of our lives nowadays. And, um, like, what do you mean by that? Do you feel like, like people are having to type things and explain them in like the lowest common denominator terms everywhere? And so it's just bleeding into professional life as well. Well, so I'll say, you know, and again, this is I'm going off of this particular project that has been m most of my life of the, the pandemic and, and post pandemic. And now that I'm you no know, full, like fully remote, we've never, they, they as the client never turn on their cameras. And so ultimately we got to the point where we just started turning off all of our cameras. And so, you know, when we did that, we started to disconnect from the conversation. Well, yeah, because you immediately have now the ability to be distracted exactly. and doing something else. And I think we've talked about this before. And even if we haven't, I mean, when we're on, when we're in a meeting, like actually physically in a meeting, and we're talking, you know, one, we know, you know, when is the appropriate time to kind of like, like break into the conversation because, you know, you, you see the visual cues, you see somebody's face. So if, if say you're, you're giving a presentation and you see me kind of like grimace, you know, or like, you know, 
kind of like give a, a give a look of like I see you I see you roll or your you, eyes or, or or you just or you <laughs> or you notice that clearly my facial expression is, is that I'm not getting what you're saying and and you would stop and you would like engage. are you picking up what I'm putting down here exactly Cormac? and so you would stop and you would engage and you would say you know hey Cormac I haven't I've noticed that you don't are are you following I mean do you understand what I'm saying and then that 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 visual communication that we're having now becomes verbal com- conversation and communication. And so now we're actually starting to have like, I didn't really understand that. You know, I mean, could you go back a little bit and stuff? And that doesn't happen, right? When With the cameras And off. it doesn't happen because we can't read the room. We can't read the right. people. I mean. I'm saying, and I'm saying it doesn't even happen that, that people like follow up to see if you're exactly. getting it. Exactly. I mean. Because, yeah. So it's not like, okay, so yeah, first of all, that's not happening because there's no body language to convey because there's no visual. Second, the follow-up isn't happening as well. So it's like, it's not, nothing is happening as far as like making sure people understand what's actually going on. I personally, and yes, even when I'm guilty of not having my camera on, I will pause. I will say, does everybody understand what I'm, what I'm talking about? You give them a chance. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you still have to rely on them to do it though. And then of course, you know, you get the crickets and you're, you know, and you wonder, you know, it's like, okay, you know, is, is anybody paying attention to me? Because, you know, again, it's easy enough. So I will say, okay, Evan, you know, I need you to do this. And then of course, then I see you come off a of mute and you say, can you repeat that again? I, you know, I, I, I did, didn't hear you or, or my, my own personal, you know, favorites. I'm sorry, you were breaking up. Can you, can you repeat that again? Yeah. No, you weren't breaking up. I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) And it's, it's just this, this evolutionary, this quick evolutionary change in conversation and communication. No, it didn't. I mean, it's just like when you're in the room, when you are kind of like face to face with somebody, like they can't see if I've got my phone in my hand, they can't see if I'm, you know, like chatting on another screen. You know, they can't see any of that. They can, they can literally just see, am I paying attention to them? Am I like, is this a, a two-way conversation in the room? You're forced to be in that moment. And, and the, and this is taken us out of the moment. And so maybe when we're talking about things, we do kind of break them down because we are hoping that at least breaking it down to kind of like the lowest common denominator We'll get them to at least understand and acknowledge whatever we're going through. But then you and I have talked about this a little bit, you know, just in the past. It's like, you know, each of these meetings now have to be curated. If I want to talk to you about all of our stair detailing, I have to curate and create either create slides or pull up drawings and pull up the model and all this others and really kind of curate the conversation. And it just, it's, it's not as fluid as like, is everything else. And so, you know, like I'm, you know, like I've got 30 minutes of your time to talk about stair, you know, stair railing details and, and just be very concise about it. And it's just not as fluid anymore. Can I, can I share a, I, I, I grabbed a screenshot of friend of the show, Laura Teagarden had posted this on an Instagram reel. And it was a screenshot. It was, she shared a tweet from Adam Grant, who's a great Twitter follow. Um, And here's what, here's what he said. And so I'm not sure where this citation is coming from, but um, I, I, I believe it when I read it, 
Time in meetings has more than tripled since February 2020. Nearly a third of meetings are unnecessary, wasting $25 million a year for every 1,000 people. Hmm. Hmm. I hate to say it, but I feel absolutely that it's true. Yeah. Right. Well, so look at your calendar right now and, <laughs> and tell me what hour has not been booked. Because I'm sure if I went, I said, what hour is booked? You would probably say all of them. And if I say what hour is not booked, you're probably going to be hard pressed to find one. You know, it's, it's funny is because you had mentioned, you know, it's just like, Hey, I think, you know, we could probably record a little bit early. Well, it, it's funny is because that early got away from me because it stacked up at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven meetings. All except for one of them was an hour long. How many of those could have been emails? The, the one that was more than an hour was an hour and 45 minutes. This is just on the scheduled time. So now if I'm in those meetings, if I'm in seven meetings where each of those meetings are seven to, you know, that's seven hours. Actually it's seven hours and 45 minutes is, is what I was scheduled for meetings. Just meetings. Just meetings. Yeah. So when do you get work when done? Do I get... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's actually what's costing. Why? Because then we have to factor all of this stuff in. And, and this was, I, I, I swear that, you know, this wasn't the intention of this conversation when we started. So we had one of those meetings was actually a very needed meeting because we were talking about this submission. We were talking about, you know, the um, the schedule we were talking about, you know, whether or not we're able to to meet the schedule. Do we need to request a little bit more time? You know, or how are how are we doing, especially now that we're getting into the holiday you know period and, and things like that? Not just holiday period for us, but holiday period for our client as well. You know, you know it's holiday period because the stores say so. <laughs> True, <laughs> but I mean, you know, so so it was it was very interesting because. There was there was a poll taken, and that that poll was basically, you know, asking, you know, hey, do, when do you think that we're going to be able to finish this project? And you know, people this were giving like a democratic vote. Oh, it was <laughs> well, it, it, it had it had getting on the pulse of the team. I get it. It it was it was a democratic vote based off of everybody understanding the project enough to be able to give a. An, an honest, a realistic answer, not the one that was oh, given to you. Exactly. Yeah. Of where we actually are. <laughs> where is our percentage? Where is your percentage, Evan Troxel? What you've been working on this? Where do you really, you know, where do you really feel we're at? And how long is it going to take for you to be, you know, not only get to where we think we should be per schedule, or and also be done? I mean, you kind of have to do that like every week, right? It, yeah, I mean, yeah, because that that adds just one more meeting to the seven that I already have throughout the day. But thank but, you. But you said it was a valuable meeting. <laughs> well, this one was. This one was yes, because because and the reason why I say that is because you know these were people that were helping, making sure that we were getting, you know, getting the help that we need if we weren't thinking that we were going to make it to the finish line as you know prescribed in our schedule. 
And, and what was really interesting about it is just listening to everybody's take and listening to, you know, the factoring in and all that other stuff. And then, you know, of course, it came to myself and a couple of other people who started to splash in a little bit more reality. And it's like, okay, of all of <laughs> you're what you've high. talked about. That's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just every single one of them said, if we can just. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Disclaimer alert. Exactly. There was the big disclaimers. It's just like we have to add these caveats because otherwise, and so the caveats were- Those are all based on perfect scenarios, right? Which which don't happen. If these open design issues can just be put a pin in it today and not advance it any further than other than detailing it and documenting That sounds just like the presentation that was given about beautiful design. Exactly. (laughs) If, if we- if we can not have any more meetings or all of these, you know, these bunch of meetings and stuff. And so it's all of these if, 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 ifs. The problem is, is that the reality of it is I could put my head down and I could, you know, like say be done in the eight weeks that we, you know, think we, that we have left. But what does that factor in? That doesn't factor in the fact that I have all that I have seven meetings a day or five. Then, you know, the demand does become, oh, you know, now you have to give me a little bit of extra time, you know, throughout the week because I have to, you know, because because you've been in all these meetings, when are you actually going to get the work done? Yeah. Well, Adam here says there are four reasons to meet, to decide, learn, bond, and do. If it doesn't serve one of but, those purposes, okay. cancel so it. So going back to... I love the meet. The meetings are all like a, a weird mix of those things, right? There's never like one. It's never a clear cut answer. So we always come in with, you know, a relatively set agenda of things that we want to accomplish. And we literally, it's almost like a little checkbox. You know, we talked about this. What is the resolution that came about this? And more times often than not, especially like with, you know, the meeting that we had earlier today where it went to more flowery conversation rather than hard decisions made about spaces that all of that agenda has been pushed into the ether of, you know, potential. Right. Well, that's what happens, right? Well, if, if the, if the purpose was to decide, but the actual presentation was for you to learn, like, yeah, yeah, what happens to the decide? Exactly. It, it gets and so those out. are the things that yep. adding the slice of reality to the, you know, um, realistic sandwich there, we start to realize that, okay, say, for instance, that we, you know, put it at, and we need eight weeks of work. Okay, factor in, time off, holidays, um, meetings. QAQC, which everybody seems to forget, kids, bathroom breaks, lunch, all of that other stuff, you know, everything. And then, and then, then it's that dose of reality of it's like, okay, so then when do you really think it's going to get done? You know, does that, that eight weeks become 12 weeks? Does it become 16 weeks? I mean, you know, are you doubling your time because that, but does that doubling of the time, you know, <laughs> go back to the, you know, does that mean that you're going to have X amount of meetings and things like that, you know, to kind of like blah, blah, blah. And, you know, how does your, you know, and then you throw in the dose of reality of like, well, how does your, um, you know, the business plan for this particular project, you know, your, your budgetary constraints deal with like extra hours or extra piece people to be able to meet the hours that you 
currently have, you know, things like that. Extra people yeah. always works. I, I think that's the answer actually, right? I found this <laughs> Dilbert comic that um, it basically kind of like summarized some of the things. And, and I'll, in fact, I think it might've been when you were talking about Brooks law. Thank you. Yes. And it was the talking about, you know, the, the, the boss came to Dilbert and said, you know, Hey, if we add, you know, more of these people, you know, how much longer will it take, you know, uh, to complete this task? And he was just like, well, he's like, well, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do that. He goes, okay, well, when you do all of that, you know, how long will it take or he goes, it'll be about as useful as this meeting. You know, like all of these people will be about as useful as this meeting, you know, so throwing in, you know, cause we always deal with the, the factors like, okay, like I, I'm going to be, I'll, I'll be honest with you for a minute. And I've, you know, been very reluctant to, to talk about like, you know, this project a little bit only just because, you know, everybody's feeling staffing shortages and, and we're, we're one of them. And so, you know, this particular project, you know, we, we, could we have more people? Absolutely. And, and so we've currently been putting more and more staff on there to help out. It's just like, oh, you know, this person can do that and that person can do that. And chaos ensues, obviously, because now here, here I am, I'm walking through a couple of different buildings. I'm like, hey, why has this changed? What, what decision was made to change that? And they're like, oh, well, you know, I was told. Hey, hey, new guy, why did you change that? <laughs> and, and unfortunately, that's the case. It's just like, you know, oh, I was told to make all of the ceilings like this. And I think I sort of alluded to this in a conversation that you and I were having kind of offline. It's just like, okay, well, you made all of these ceilings this way. But did you cut a section through it to really see what was going on? Did you turn on the electrical model? Did you turn on the mechanical model? Did you turn on the structural model? Because when they did, they saw that, oh, that's why that ceiling was doing that. Like, <laughs> No, it was doing it for no reason. That's why it was like that. <laughs> it's just like, yes, we made those choices just, you know, out of the blue for no big deal. I mean, there was, you know, we just, yeah, you know, I mean, sure, let's add a little bit of complexity to it and have a, a stepping ceiling, you know? I mean, why not? We'll, we'll do it for fun. <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> you know? and, and so then, they're, oh, uh, oh, oh. And now it's the undo process. Now we got to spend time undoing all that. <laughs> yeah. So this is Brooks law. I'll just, I'll just read it so that everybody knows what we're talking about. But, but, and, and there's a, a caveat to this law in like by the, the, who it's named after the guy himself said it's an outrageous oversimplification, but it captures the general rule. So Brooks law is an observation about software project management, which I don't think is a whole lot different than what we're talking about here according to which adding manpower to a software project that is behind schedule delays it even longer. And it, there's a diagram that goes along with this. And so if you, you can, you can actually just think about it in your head. If you have two people, there is one line of communication between those two people. And so these two people on a team, okay, if there are three people on the team, there are how many lines? Three lines, right? If there are four people, there are six lines. Right. So the more people you add, the more complex the chain of communication becomes. And so to, to illustrate against your point, which is like people don't know what they don't know. And if they just make assumptions and they don't even talk to somebody because finding the right person to talk to is incredibly complex, right? Then 
problems arise that you then have to undo, which actually makes it take longer. And and this is a, I mean, it, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And it, and it does kind of start to make you think like bigger teams are never the answer. You just need more time. Right. <laughs> in, in, in that, that's, you know, ultimately where it came down to is just like, you know, well, what if we add more people in, Thankfully, this was a this was literal. This was a meeting, an internal meeting with everybody on on camera. So, and I, I don't, I don't, I was don't know how many different people. I think there was seven people on this call, and I'm not talking about the line of communications, but just on this call that you at least three of them kind of like started to do the eye roll when you know they talked about adding more people because it's not really adding it. It's not a value added. It is absolutely certainly not a value added. It is, it is most certainly something that you're going to be like, okay, well, you know, first I got to get them up to speed. Then I've got to, you know, then I have to spend more time explaining to them why we're doing the things that we're doing because, you know, I mean, this this particular one, I think I've somewhat alluded to the fact that it's, you know, overseas, it's in Saudi Arabia, and there's, you know, certain standards and things that we have to follow that are different from the way that we're doing things, mm-hmm. plain and simply. So. We we have a lot of people who are coming into the project, you know, trying to, let's just say, Americanize some of the details that we were doing that, you know, we had clear instructions and clear ideas of exactly why we were doing the things we were doing. Did they make sense to us? Not originally, but they do now, you know, because we aren't used you to adapt. We had to adapt. And, yeah. and so then when people come in and they're doing things, you don't know, have time to onboard them. And, you know, they're just, they're like, okay, you're going to do a reflected ceiling plan. And then they start working on the reflected ceiling plan and things that don't make sense to them because they're used to doing reflected ceiling plans one way. And now they're, they, they never really asked, or maybe weren't even told that there's a different way to do them. And now it's undoing work. And then now you're redoing work. And so now a task that could have taken maybe an extra week by the original designer or the original project architect to do now takes, let's just say three weeks because now you have the original designer, the, you know, project architect, the, 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 the new helper all working differently on something. And then you're having to reintroduce the project designer and the original project architect to go back in and fix what had been unfixed. Yeah. I mean, just, just the amount of time it takes to get somebody up to speed, which is like just clearly not going to happen on this, in this kind of a scenario is something that should be planned for. But, but again, like it's just, there's no, there's not even time for that. And so what are the chances somebody's going to do it wrong? Like a hundred, a hundred percent, (laughs) right? Like it's, it's, it's not going to go well. And it is something that we, I see it at so many levels within organizations in architecture where they're hiring somebody out of school because they know Revit. And it's like, well, do they know Revit the ASG way of Revit? No, of course not. They know it the them way, which they cribbed together from YouTube videos while they were in school at 3 a.m., right? And it's like, so, so when you start to think about like, the application of standards, even when you're throwing new people into the mix to the firm, let alone a project. Like there's so many levels in which this breaks down completely of adding more people is going to fix the problem. So adding more people is one thing. Do they have the skills? Do they know the standards? Do they have the same work ethic? 
Are they communicative? Do they talk to people? Do they ask questions when they run into a problem? Like these are all like kind of the soft skills side of things that everybody ignores during staffing meetings, right? Oh, Lord. We could yeah, just, did I just open a can of worms? I mean, because so, <laughs> Maybe. so yeah, exactly. Because so, you know, that's a great example. Is like, So we staff people who know Revit, who know the software, the software, not how to use the software, not how to intentionally put lines on paper that make sense for what you're doing. They just know the software. So when you ask them, Hey, I double click the icon. It opens up. Can like, you like, dimension, you know, I, I need you to <laughs> dimension this general arrangement plan. Okay, sure. That, that assumes a lot in that statement. Right that there. assumes a lot. One, do I know what the general arrangement plan is? Two, do I know what the rules for the dimensioning rules for one. dimensioning? Yeah. And, and even if we have up in our general, in our general notes, a a breakdown of what those rules are do you know what they mean and do you know that if you dimension from an interior finished face of a wall to the center line of a door that means absolutely nothing to me because that doesn't mean anything to a contractor either because they're not going to know where the hell that door supposed And if you don't know, like, that's fine. But at right. least say you don't right. know. Right. Now, I am saying that uh, I, I did start to redline some some drawings and, and notice things like that. But the good thing is, is that I understand, you know, and, and that's the thing that it's do we have time to use this as a learning experience? Yeah, because yeah. honestly, if they don't know, it is not their fault it is not that they fault. don't know. No. But I think I do see that too. I see that from quote unquote leaders where it's like all they do is complain about the young staff and what they don't know. And it's like, well, is that their fault that they don't know that? I think it's it's probably a combination of a lot of things, let alone like your ability to sit down and teach them how to do it, right? And then you can't complain anymore and they're going to do it right. And it makes everybody better. So I wasn't the one who tested out the 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 dimensioning and and that's fine i mean again you know i kind of recognized the issue and and pulled that you know person in and really just had you know kind of a quick uh zoom call with them to kind yeah, of how long did that take seriously honestly like 20 minutes 20 30 minutes yeah and basically i sat there and i walked through and i talked about the why we dimension things you know because to be quite honest with you i mean just understanding why we do it and the information that we're trying to get out of the action of dimensioning something can really tell you a lot about like those rules. I mean, it, then it makes sense to the rules. If we start talking about things like, you know, if it is a masonry opening, you're going to set your, your opening eight inches off of the intersection between this wall and this wall, because that's how you're going to make your rough opening. And, you know, things like that, they're, they're not going to understand, but if you start to like, first talk about almost the principles of dimensioning and what the intent of that that is it's going to make it a lot easier for them to understand than the rules and why they're actually doing what they're doing you just alluded to the fact that like you actually need to know what the building is made out of right and that you because you do you need to know block module in that case because if it's just a hatched wall and you never like have the thought to query what it is or maybe it's even incorrectly identified in revit or whatever and and you don't ask somebody what it is and then you just start 
putting openings in wherever you want because they look the best in that plan, in that hatched wall. It, it like you, what you're alluding to is a much deeper understanding. And I think, you know, something that has been coming up a lot lately is just the depth. It, and this goes back to the beginning of our conversation, like talking about the depth when, you know, when you're saying like, there's nothing of substance being presented here. It's the same thing when it's like, okay, there's no time, throw dimensions on the sheet. And, and there's no, there's not even an attempt to understand the depth at which it needs to be considered. And I see that all the time. It's like, we can do this in less time, which also means I can't care as much. Right. And if I don't care as much, it's not going to lead me to ask the right questions and we're, we're not going to get as good of an output. And man, it's, it's just a total disservice to everybody because it's not, the project's not going to go well. The client's not going to be happy. The contractor's going to submit an RFI. It's going to lead to a chain, like all of this chain reaction that's going to happen because we're not even willing to go to the depths to understand what we're actually doing. And so, I mean, you said it a minute ago, like there's this idea of knowing what the line is when you put it on the page. And, and if there's no time to know what that line is, then people are just performing something that a machine might then as well do. Somebody down the road is going to guess what that line is. They may or may not be right, but you know, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you time. It could cost you money and it could cost you potential you know, ever working with the client again, if it's something that from the second you put it on the paper, you're assuming liability for that line, right? It, yeah, it's some some risk asset or liability. Exactly. <laughs> so so what does that, you know, it's like, so what does that mean? When you're sitting there and you're, you're talking to someone. And so, you know, I gave another uh, like tutorial yesterday morning about noting, noting up the roof plans. And I spent, less time explaining to explaining to this guy who was who was going to do this for me i i first i showed him an example you know and and i walked through a finished roof plan and i walked i i talked to him about like you know why we identify you know where the roof curb is what the roof you know curbing is all of that you know why we get you know elevations for for parapet heights, especially if we've got like step steps in the parapets and things like that. And when you're looking at a 2d plane, you don't know those changes in elevation. I mean, yeah, you can look back and forth between the building elevations and wall sections and things like that. But I mean, you know, there's, there's a rationale behind all of these things. And I walked through and explained to him why. And so this goes back to like that earlier conversation that it has just like, you know, I was, being very deliberate in the conversation, the, the, the subject of the conversation that I was having. And later on down the road, he's like, you know, Hey Cormac, I've got a lot of these roof plans done. I'm going to PDF them and send them over to you. And I looked at them and I almost wept because they were right. <laughs> because I, because I, I walked through it. Oh, I talked to proud him. Proud Papa moment. It was, it was like, <laughs> he, he, you know, like going through and just taking the half an hour of explaining exactly what it is that I'm asking them to do and, and, and let them ask the questions about why, or even almost repeat back to me, like, you know, kind of like some of this stuff so that they, I understand that they're kind of learning the rationale behind this. If you think about it, the, the, to be able to do that, like, you know, like to me, it's second nature to do, like you know, a roof plan, right? and why, and I know all of the rules and all of this other stuff. How am I ever going to expect somebody who's new and fresh out of school to know those rules, but to sit down and explain to them the rules and why we do it. And it's just like, 
why do we have like a back slope? Um, you know, like, so this, this is an interesting one. It's like, and I'm sorry, I'm getting into the weeds here, but so there is a completely different way to do roof drain placements in the Middle East than it is in like what I'm used to, like say in, in Florida, where, you know, we're trying to keep the lowest slope roof um, on a flat roof. So you're not having to add so much insulation on a flat deck, you know, and, and all of this other stuff. They do it a little bit differently. And, and so once I learned, you know, the rules of that one, I could explain the rules to somebody else and, and understanding that the reason why we, you know, if I have the drain closer to the parapet, but I don't want ponding and I don't want like this excess roof buildup, if, if, just teaching them the rules of this and understanding like, you know, what does all of this mean? Everything means something. There is a cause and effect to all of this stuff. And so getting results from the deliberate conversations, going back to like, you know, the, the earlier conversation, I felt like I got more productivity out of just like the half an hour of being very deliberate with the conversation that I did with like these multitude of meetings where we just talked about everything in generalities. And mm, I still got to yeah. get all of the, that stuff that we were talking in generalities up to the level of the documentation of that 30 minute fo- uh, conversation. You know, it's so it's just good a, luck, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that we just kind of like went, you know, all the way around, but it, it, it all just is like, you know, it really is that, you know, kind of like, it's not just you. It's not just your team. It's not just your office. Right. It's, everywhere. it's everywhere. This is happening everywhere. And it's amazing to me to think about it in these terms of like the expertise already exists. It probably already exists on your team. It probably already exists in your office and in your firm. And yet we go to Google and we go to YouTube and we try to find it out there and we find some other way to do it. And like the experts, man, the people already know there it's already right here. I hate, oh. See, you're opening up another, you know. No, let's, 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 let's save it for the next one. I know, right? You know, <laughs> we'll start there on the next one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck Tape. getting those generalities into details. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening. This show is part of the Gable Media Podcast Network. See all the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G A B L M E D I A.com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out, and don't forget to share it with your friends. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment on the website at arcaspeakpodcast.com, where you can find our entire catalog of shows. Talk to you soon.